What's the one thing you should always talk about when you go to a party and meet strangers? That's right, abortion. Mr. Reagan. So I have what I believe to be the perfect argument against abortion. It's clear, it's concise, it's elegant, and I never hear anybody say it. It actually involves two a priori arguments. That means arguments based purely in logic. And the arguments go like this. The first argument is the idea that all human beings have what is typically referred to as intrinsic value. That's the reason we're not really allowed to kill anyone. You, you kill somebody, you go to jail. Why is that? Because everyone has this sort of metaphysical idea of value. We don't really understand it, we just believe it, right? Even if you're an atheist, you generally accept the idea that everybody has some kind of value. And we're not talking about utility here, we're talking about just whatever mystical force that exists within all of us that we all respect. Now, Christians usually describe this as the human soul. Other spiritual people who don't believe in the Christian soul have different types of words for this, and usually atheists just say that people have value. But whether you're religious, spiritual, atheist, whatever, everybody can kind of agree on this idea that everybody has value. So the question then is, does the fetus have the same value as the human? And, and, and this extends for everybody. It extends for the really hard worker, the guy who invents brilliant things or designs amazing video games or writes incredible works of literature or, you know, really productive, productive people. Of course, they have great value. They have utility and they have the, the intrinsic human value. But it also extends to, like, the homeless person and, you know, the bratty teenager who just sits home and plays the video games that the guy with high value actually, you know, develops. And it extends to little babies. Little babies are of no utility. In fact, they're a draw on the resources of society and especially of the family and the mother. And yet we value them very, very highly. We imagine killing a homeless person as, you know, a horrific thing, but probably not as bad as killing an innocent baby. People would think of that as seriously terrible and horrific, and yet we don't assign the same value to the human fetus. And that's the really big question, right? The, the question always boils down. When you talk about abortion, no matter which direction you go, the question all, always boils down to what value is there in a fetus? And there is an answer to this question. Some people think that the fetus has zero value at conception, but then has graduated value as it progresses, and by the time it's a baby, has the full value of a human life. Other people think that at different stages, suddenly, boom, the fetus has value. It used to be at what they would call the quickening, which I believe was the moment that the baby starts to move inside the, the mother's womb. We now have a very specific time that the, that the federal government says a baby has value, and that is the time that it can no longer be aborted. I don't know the exact trimester or whatever, but there is a moment when you're no, no longer allowed to have an abortion. And I suppose that's the line in which a fetus goes from having zero value to having the full rights of a living human being. Some people think it's at the heartbeat. Some people think it's at brain function. Some people think it's when the baby can start to feel. Some people think that it's when the baby is viable outside the womb. All of these are wrong. I'll tell you the exact right answer. The exact right answer is this. Nobody knows. <laughs> okay, nobody knows. And that is the key to my entire argument. There is no scientific instrument that can detect the human soul. There is no metric with which we measure the intrinsic value of a person, right? They just have value. We honestly don't even really know what that value is. We just appreciate that people have value. And the thing is, we can't really know if a fetus has that value. 
We don't know when the fetus gets a soul. We don't know if it ever has a soul. We, we don't know if it really has value at all, but we, we act as if humans have value and we should act as if fetuses have value too if we're going to be moral people. So, so for, the, for the purposes of our argument here, let's, let's just call the value of a human or the, the potential value of a fetus, let's call both of those things the human soul because it makes it a lot easier to think about this. We're thinking about the human soul as a kind of a unit, right? Does a fetus have a soul or doesn't it? That's really the question. So now, recognizing that we don't know the answer to that question, we have to figure out what should we allow people to do about these babies with or without a soul maybe, because there's a risk, right? Every time we destroy a fetus, we don't know if we're killing a, a baby with value or if we're just destroying a cluster of cells. And that's a hell of a guess. I mean, that's a pretty serious thing to be doing. Imagine I put a cardboard box in front of you, an empty cardboard box, and I give you a baseball bat and I say, obliterate that cardboard box. I will give you $1,000 if you just smash it to bits you're probably gonna smash the cardboard box to bits. One, it'll be kind of fun, and two, you get a thousand bucks out of it. Why not? Then I do the same thing again. I bring you over to a cardboard box, just sitting there in the middle of the room, and I give you a, a baseball bat and I say, obliterate this cardboard box, right? But this time I say, there may or may not be a kitten in the box. Thousand dollars, go. What do you do? Of course you don't obliterate the box. That would be insane. If you think that there is a chance, 50-50 chance, that there is a kitten in this box, you cannot, in good conscience, unless you're a psychopath, obliterate the box. You just can't do it, right? Because there's a kitten in there. You'd be, you know, you'd be brutally killing, uh, you know, a cute little furry animal. I suppose the hunters amongst you might, uh, might not care so much, but most people wouldn't kill the kitten. They wouldn't even take the risk of killing the kitten. And yet, every day, it's perfectly legal for women to kill babies, very possibly be killing babies, because the analogy is this, right? The cardboard box is the fetus, right? The, the physical body doesn't have any, any real value. I mean, we don't consider our corpses to be the thing that has the intrinsic value. We can consider the sort of like person we are within this package to be of value. The same thing goes for the fetus. The fetus is like the cardboard box. It's the kitten within it. That's the value within the fetus, right? That's the person in there. That's the thing that we, we value. Are you destroying a baby? Are you killing something that has a soul, that has the same value as a human? You don't know. So every time an abortion is committed, that cardboard box game is happening, and they may be killing kittens, and they may just be destroying a cardboard box. We don't know. So it's better to be safe, I say, and not destroy the cardboard box. Now, there are actual arguments for abortion that I think are reasonable, right? I think the back alley abortion argument is a pretty good argument. In the book Freakonomics, there is an argument that kind of goes like this. Um, most of the people who are aborted are unwanted anyway. And therefore, if they are allowed to be born, they probably won't be well cared for and they'll turn into criminals. And that sounds pretty cold-hearted and terrible until you look at the statistics that they've got. It appears, by their estimation, that about 20 years after Roe versus Wade, crime dropped substantially across the country. And that, that may well be because many, many fewer um, criminals were born after Roe versus Wade. And, and, you know, I think that that's a credible argument. I think it's a reasonable argument to be considered. However, 
If you're reducing the crime rate at the expense of human lives, it still doesn't stack up. I mean, it's still not, it's still not a convincing argument. You may well be killing people. Now, I personally, if the mother's life in, is in jeopardy, I think, it's, I think it's an acceptable thing to have an abortion, right? And in some cases, I'm even sympathetic if it's like the rape or incest thing. And it's because, again, even though we might be killing a kitten, there, there can be things that are worse, right? If the woman is, is going to die, and we know she's going to die if she gives birth, it's better to have the abortion because we may be killing a baby or we could just be destroying the box. Either way, we know we're saving the woman's life. We know that this woman, if she dies, we know that that is a tragedy, right? But it's relatively rare that we hear these kinds of arguments, um, the argument about back-alley abortions or reduction of the crime rate. The argument that we hear is that if you are pro-life, you are a sexist, you are a misogynist, you just don't want women to have rights. Now, in some of these cases, with some people who make this claim, I think they genuinely believe it, but the vast majority of people who make this claim, they're not that stupid, okay? Because most men don't care that much about the abortion issue. In fact, most men, I think, would kind of like to see abortion stay legal. And the reason for that is because it's pretty risky for us to sleep with a bunch of women and to just desperately hope that none of them ever get pregnant. Now, if, if you tend to be a relatively moral person, you're not sleeping with tons and tons of girls, you, you know, you're probably willing to take a pro-life stance. But, but a lot of guys aren't like that. A lot of guys want to sleep with tons of women and they don't want any kind of repercussions. So they would love for abortion to be legal, and they'd love to be able to sort of convince their girlfriend to have that abortion if, in fact, they do impregnate her. So most men are either pro-choice because of selfishness, or they just, it doesn't really affect them so much, so they don't care that much. The idea that pro-life men are pro-life because they want to, you know, oppress women doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, what's oppressive about, you know, forcing women to go through with the pregnancy. The woman could always give the child up for adoption. It's a, it doesn't... I mean, I, I think the argument goes something like this. If, if a man impregnates a woman, the woman somehow feels obligated to stay with the man or something like that, and so he's, like, trapped her. But that, that argument only really works in, like, the 1920s or something. It doesn't really work today because women often become single mothers and don't stay with a man. And if you're being controlled by a man, you're being controlled by a man. It doesn't really matter if you've got his kid or not. I mean, if you're... If you've got his kid, you, you don't have to be controlled by him. I mean, doesn't the whole idea of you know misogyny doesn't make any sense? I guess they think, I, and also it's possible that they think that because you know politicians tend to be men, that if a politician makes the rule, then he's somehow controlling women or whatever. But you know, little girls are aborted too. Whether you're a pro-life man or a pro-life woman, you're trying to save the life of children. It doesn't matter if it's a male child or a female child. You're, tra you're trying to save the life of children. And, and for people to just dismiss that as, as not true is, is weird. It's like, it's weird. Uh, pro-life people argue, I'm here to try to save the life of children. And the, and the pro-choice people are saying, we want to protect the rights of women. And it's like, you're not arguing for and against the, the same thing. You're arguing, you're arguing one thing and you're arguing something completely different. And this is something that the left does a lot. They just kind of ignore what we're saying and, and create these straw men, you know. But th this to me is the most egregious straw man of all because it's, it's like, it's not even remotely like what the right-wing people say. I mean, it's not like they're, they're taking something and twisting it slightly. They're just ignoring the argument completely and putting up something completely different in its place. No matter how much, you know, pro-life people uh, say, I, you know, this is what I, you know, this is, this is what I want, 
you know, the, the pro-choice people say, no, you want something, you know, this is what I'm fighting for. It's, it's, the whole thing is just stupid. But, you know, I, I don't think that most pro-choice people even really believe that they're fighting for women's rights. I mean, I think that some definitely do. But, um, and I think there's a small minority who genuinely accept that they are killing the child. Um, I once had a girlfriend who I, we, she wasn't my girlfriend for very long, but we did get into this debate and I, I presented the case, I presented the argument just as I presented it to, it to you now. And she was trying to argue against my points. And, you know, obviously, obviously she couldn't because they're, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty solid points. And finally, in frustration, she just said, Chris, we all know it's a baby. Okay, we all know we're killing babies. We all know that. Okay, we just don't care. I was shocked. I'd never heard anyone on the left admit anything like this. It was revelatory. But in a way, you know, it was a kind of a relief because, you know, oftentimes with these debates, I don't understand, like, people's mentality. I don't understand why they think the way they do. And then I get, then something's revealed to me like that. And I think, oh, okay, you're not idiots. You're just evil. <laughs> okay. You just don't care. And, the, for the vast majority of cases where the woman's life's not in danger, where it's not like a case of incest or rape, where the woman just gets pregnant by accident, the consequence of having to carry the child for nine months, that's a pretty bad consequence, you know. That's a pretty bad consequence for being a bit irresponsible or having a bit of bad luck, you know, if you don't want a child. But it's not the end of the world. You know, if you're willing to, to carry that child for nine months and then give it up for adoption... You know, you've created a life. You've done something that's potentially very good for the world. That child could cure cancer. You don't know what that child's going to be capable of. So to just end the life unthinking, thinking that, well, it's my right to do so, to me is a pretty horrific thing to do. Now, again, I'm not saying that this is the final word on abortion. It, it's possible that I'm not thinking about something or, you know, somebody else has a really good point to make. But it seems to me that if we value human life, we, sh it sh we cannot just dismiss the idea that the fetus may also have the same value. And so to just destroy fetuses, to me, seems like a game of Russian roulette that you're having with infants. And that, to me, is ethically repugnant. Well, that's it for me. If you like this video, give me a like. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe. So I have this new system on Patreon with uh, tiers, right? And with every tier, you get a little bit of an incentive, right? The first tier is that you just get the videos a little bit early. The second tier, I think that you get something like, something like extra videos, right? So I'm going to be making these sort of, you know, videos about my life a little bit. I'm going to upload that stuff. I've, I've just made one with my girlfriend where we went out to sushi. It was quite exciting. Uh, the third tier, I think you get a, a Mr. Reagan pen, the fourth tier, I think you get a mug, etc., etc., etc. So I've got this tier system laid out. So if you're interested in contributing to the channel, you know, helping me to do this, um, to do more of these videos more often, and like, and you know, try to spread reason and rationality throughout the world, you know, please considering uh, giving me a small donation. The Patreon link is down in my description. And look, I actually quite strongly sympathize with people who have been forced into a situation where they had to decide whether or not to have an abortion. I think that that's a terrible decision to have had to make. And for those of you who have done it, you know, I actually feel quite terrible for you because I think it's probably a traumatic experience. I mean, I don't know, maybe for some people it doesn't bother them at all, but I think for most people, or at least some, it's probably a pretty traumatic experience. And I actually feel quite sorry for people who have to endure that kind of thing. 
And I mean, that is the tragedy of life. We, we're stuck with traumatic experience after traumatic experience, and we just have to kind of like try to enjoy the time in between. Good night. I want to hear only, is it morally right? And on that basis and that basis alone, we make a decision on every issue. The destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. There's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty.